Welcome to this edition of Community Matters Podcast on matters important to community associations. My name is Tony Campisi, Executive Director of Community Associations Institute's Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley Chapter. Our topic today focuses on renovations and repairs in community associations, specifically EPA regulations regarding lead paint. Many homeowners encounter this issue in the context of renovating their homes, but community associations can face this this issue on a much larger scale. We'll also discuss the consequences of failing to comply with these EPA regulations. My guest today is Martin Bonner with CERTA Pro Painters of Central Bucks County. Martin has extensive experience in painting renovations, having been a CERTA Pro franchisee since 2005. Martin has won multiple awards over the years and is a longtime member of CAI and a chapter gold partner for 2018. Welcome, Martin. Well, thank you for having me, Tony. Martin, explain to our listeners what the EPA renovation, repair, and painting regulations are all about. What is the regulation and how did it come about? So to talk about that, we need a little bit of a history lesson on, on paint, actually. Uh, paint used to have lead in it to um, help it be more robust and hold up over time. Uh, and that lead um, was encapsulated in the paint, so it wasn't really very dangerous. Over time, that paint could break down. Children uh, like eating sweets. Paint is actually sweet when it has lead in it. So the classic example people always use was little kids standing face level with their teeth on the windowsill, chewing on the windowsill. I think I remember doing that as a child. <laughs> and, actually, and actually eating lead. So, so the intent was to, to protect children. Um, in 1978, lead paint was banned in the United States. So after 1978, there should not be any new construction that was done with lead paint. Prior to 2011, when a contractor did work in an older home, they did not know if lead was there or not unless the homeowner disclosed it. Once the homeowner disclosed it, we were legally bound to follow lead abatement rules. You actually had to bring a lead abatement company in. So nobody asked the question and nobody told. And contractors would typically assume there might be lead there and take proper precautions. But it was not something that was officially, um, there was no official stance on that. So after 2011, the EPA had enacted a new law, or Congress had enacted a new law that the EPA is enforcing, uh, called the Renovation, Repair, and Painting Act. Um, it's under epa.gov slash lead if you want to look for it. And the law basically states that instead of having a don't ask, don't tell policy, any home built prior to 1978 is assumed to have lead there and must be treated as such unless the homeowner has documentation and can prove that there's no lead on site. So that can be done through an engineering report for community associations, especially if you are in, let's say, a mid-rise or high-rise building that was a converted building from another use prior to that, maybe a factory or a hotel. Um, the engineering report and the transfer would have to state that there's no lead on site to be, uh, to be um, avoid from this, from this law. So... If you can't prove that and you don't want to prove it, uh, by the way, some people don't want to prove that there's lead or no lead there because once you do a lead test and you have lead, you have to disclose that every time you want to sell a property. So even though it's there and people kind of don't think about it and kind of know it's there, um, once you have a home going for sale that says we have lead here, that's automatically dropping the value of the home. If it's remediate, can it be remediated? And then if it is, can, are you relieved of that 
requirement? Yes. Yes, if you can prove through an engineering report that there's no lead there, then then you're fine. So it's, you you remove it. You remove it and correct. repaint, obviously. Correct. Yes, um, that's a whole different animal, a whole different world. It's not it's not the contractor world of repainting or remodeling. So um, what the law is really trying to do is make contractors safe, so that when they do work, they don't create dust that might have lead in it, and that dust is actually more damaging than kids eating the lead off the chips off the paint because that dust can get in your lungs um, it can get in your clothing uh, you bring it home and then your pets get it you get it and there's varying health effects uh, over long-term exposure where the risk is involved in that so what the EPA law now says is um, if you want to do a contracting project that disturbs more than six square feet so six square feet is a two foot by three foot window if you want to remodel one window, even though it's a window and there's a hole in the middle of that window, as soon as you do that, the project falls under the EPA regulations. So basically any project in the building prior to 1978, unless you can prove it, falls under those regulations. The regulations state you must hire a uh, EPA-approved contractor that's going to follow lead safe practices to do the work. And there has to be proper documentation, notification to all the residents and homeowners that let them make them aware ahead of time as to what's going on, what the risks are, and that the contractors doing the work are doing it the proper way. The issue comes in with enforcement. EPA does not have a lot of enforcement. So what they've done is they've made the fines for non-compliance so steep that they're trying to scare people into actually into complying without having it to be enforced. So the typical, the, the fine stated is $35,000 per day per infraction. Um, and an infraction could be, uh, you didn't notify the homeowner that you're having this project and that it's a lead, uh, that it falls under this regulation. Let me interrupt you a second. In, yep. So in a, in a condo or community association setting, yep. let's say you're dealing with 100 homeowners, 100 homes, does that fine is it proportional to the number of people you fail to notify? I don't know the answer, but I think it's a per day, per instance fine. Okay. So, still um, a significant fine. It's still a significant fine. So uh, last project we did, we had to notify 125 homeowners that this project was going on. I've actually been in contact. We're working on another project right now in Jenkintown where uh, the property manager is very responsible, wants to be proactive on this. And we try to work with the EPA to say, hey, you know, this project's going on in this building all the time. Can't we just have a blanket agreement that we notify the homeowners when they, or the residents when they sign the lease or when they purchase the building? Uh, EPA laws are written as such that you have to notify somebody within six months of a project happening. So one thing they could do is every six months just re-notify people, hey, you're living in a building that's built before 1978. All work done here has to fall under EPA-led regulations <clears throat> and then keep that on file. So one, one reason for fines is just basically documentation, non-compliance, and A, notifying the homeowners. B, uh, the fine could be for hiring a non-certified uh, EPA-certified contractor, or the fine could be for the contractor not keeping the proper documentation after the fact that they had certified people on site that they did a what's called a swipe test to make sure that there was no dust there, that everything was cleaned up, and that everything was done in a proper way, meaning the area was contained, people wearing uh, the proper personal protective equipment when they were doing the work. 
it does get a little cumbersome and difficult in some areas to get that work done. The fine of $35,000 a day can actually, if you're doing a one-month project in a, in a high-rise, you're talking about a million dollars. Right, in, that's in significant. It, it's significant. And the people that can get fined are the people that hired the contractor, so the association. The association. And the association can hold the property manager liable as well. And the contractor can get fined. So they hit everybody in that process. So who's responsible, really? And it sounds like maybe multiple people are. But who's responsible for notifying the owners in the community that there may be lead paint? The manager, the contractor, both? Um, the, the contractor is responsible uh, in how we handle it. We notify the property management association, uh, the property management company, and, and they then notify the homeowners. And we work with them. And in our case, we would say, hey, do you want us to put the notice out? Do you want to put the notice out? Right. And they want to keep the notice on file in their office that they've actually gotten the signed copy back. The easiest way to do it is you send somebody or, or you drop off a, a pamphlet. The back page is a ripout that says, I've received this pamphlet. You collect those. EPA actually allows you to, if nobody's home, to put the pamphlet by the door and take a picture of it. So when you say notify, you have to actually uh, speak with the owner. You can't just drop something at the door and consider them notified. You can you drop it at the door and take a picture you, of it. Yeah. So, so okay. at least if they're not home. Right. Um, but you're trying to ultimately, what you want to do is get a signed piece of paper back that they actually got that. The fines themselves, um, typically, even though there's $35,000 a day, they're usually negotiated down, and I just looked up online recently in 2016. Um, the EPA fined over 100 um, different um, instances. There were some, uh, there's at least one fine in excess of $300,000, but many more in the in the fifteen dollars to $60,000 range. And I just looked up one, as we were talking before, Tony, that, that basically said, somebody got fined uh, $69,000 and $398, sorry, uh, for not keeping proper records, so it's not just it's not just doing the work right, but having the proper records. So the EPA might come to you and not say, "Hey, this job site looks bad. Um, we're going to fine you." They might come to you and say, "You have this property. You've been doing work here. Show me all your records that you've been doing this the proper way." And at that point in time, most property management companies are going to say, "I can't do that." It's so how, how when they say show me all your records, are we talking about back to 1978 or back to 2012? I okay, believe. when the law took effect. When the law took okay. effect. So and and um, there is some leniency on that because uh, when the law took effect, they did not have enough training in place to have everybody certified, and they being the government, and they also um, realized and recognized that they did not do a great job in educating basically the whole world on what this law was and people are finding out as they go along. What I've noticed, I've talked to EPA a couple times, if your intent is to do it right, you're going to be fine um, as long as you are proactively talking to them. If somebody comes to your office and says, show me your records and you say, what are you talking about? That's when I think you might be in trouble. Now, um, talking to the head of Region 3, which is Philadelphia, the uh, East Coast region for the EPA, he said they don't go on witch hunts looking for people to find to, to look what's going on. They only show up when somebody has called them with a complaint. Now, who would complain about a job being done? It could be a contractor that lost a job saying, hey, um, I'm going to get even with these guys for not hiring me. Let me call a contract, call the EPA and anonymously complain. It could be a homeowner 
uh, or a renter in a property saying, I don't think these guys are doing it right. My wife's pregnant. I want to make sure she's okay. It could be an engineer that's falling up on laws and just uh, wants to make sure things are done right. Um, th that's where the exposure comes from. It's when somebody comes in and then complains. Um, typically, when that complaint happens, it's not going to be, again, check out the job site to make sure things are done right. It's to see, did the paperwork get done right? Because that's all they can do after the fact. Right. So it's kind of convoluted. Uh, what I mean by that is, technically, I could just fill out the paperwork and do the job really poorly. And the EPA would say, I'm fine. Or I could do a great job making sure we contain the dust and don't have any lead issues and, and follow all proper procedures to protect my employees and the residents. But if I don't file the right paperwork, I could get fined $35,000. So I've actually had work done. I have a pre-78 home built in 1963, I believe. And, I, you know, I've had doors replaced, windows, and the contractors come in and they've done the testing. Mm -hmm. um, they, I get the contractors, you know, I don't live in a, a community association. We're, we're talking about community associations. But if I did live in a community, so they're going to come in, they're going to test to see if lead is present. If lead is not present, you don't need to keep, uh, reporting, right, Correct. or doing the test. So it's, well, you do it once and you find there's no lead there, you don't have to keep doing it. Correct. So one of the things you can do to get around that, if you're working in a very specific area, uh, you can do multiple lead tests in that area. Um, and they're pretty simple to do. It's basically a felt stick with two uh, components of liquid in the in, within glass. You break the glass, they mix. You then rub that felt stick against the surface. If it changes color, then there's lead present. Right. Um, so you can do that test. You have to document that you did that in the area that you're working, that there's no lead present. And in that case, you can avoid having to do um, all the rigmarole around the lead. Okay. D does, does the presence of lead affect the price of the job that you're ultimately going to do? Yes. It if, does. If you just uh, record keeping um, and, and also how you... How you lay out a job. So, for instance, if I'm doing uh, work in a community where I have to sand down some areas where there's lead, I'm going to have to completely contain that area, so build plastic walls. Okay. My employees are going to need to wear full protective gear, mask, goggles, which means they're going to work slower because it's they're encumbered in how they can get the work done. Um, and uh, typical costs, we're seeing it somewhere between 7 and 11% premium. Okay. Um, you mentioned something earlier about uh, the duty to disclose when the home is sold to the to the the home buyer. Correct. That's obviously the the responsibility of the seller. Correct. Right. Right. The association may be involved because of the presence of the resale certificate, but it's really seller has to notify the buyer that there's lead paint present. Yeah, if they've if they've done a lead test, correct. Right. If okay. they haven't, they don't have. Obviously, they don't have to go do one just so you can say there is or there is not lead here. So so it, um, let me make sure I heard you correctly. If I'm selling my home and I don't have to do a test just to prove there's not lead there? Correct. I don't. Okay. Correct. But I do have to disclose that it's pre-1978 home and there may be lead present. I mean, they're going to know that anyway. They're going to know that just from the age of the home. And, um, and what would happen is if you've ever had an engineering report done, that's what you have to disclose. Okay. It's a yeah. It's it's kind of a crazy world out there with this because the law has taken effect um, basically overnight when it came into effect. But the actual implementation of what people are doing in the field has been taking years, and I'm still noticing a lot of property managers aren't even aware of the laws yet. 
and there's exposure out there, which is kind of scary. Well, that's why I think it's this is an important topic for us to talk about. Hopefully, we'll get this information in front of people who may not have uh, heard about this issue and may not be aware of it. So, Martin, we've we've mostly been talking in the uh, in the context of a contractor who does this work. What about a either a, a, an association or a condo building or a management company that has maintenance staff that may also come across this issue in in routine maintenance? Tony, that is a great question. Um, we actually, uh, we've talked to property management companies about that as well. If you have maintenance staff, uh, they need to be EPA certified, and it would be a very good idea for the property management company to become EPA-led certified firm. To do that, it's a $250 course. It's one day of education, but what's more important is after the education to actually follow the procedures specifically on the documentation beyond doing the work properly so that you make sure you're covered. If you don't do that and you have your own employees, uh, theoretically they can say every day you worked in the building is a $35,000 fine. That's good to know. I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we touched on that because that could get to be a hefty fine for, for a community association or a management company. So, Martin, is there an online resource, a, a website, where we can send people for more information? Yes, actually, uh, if you go to epa.gov slash lead, that starts you off on the lead page. So again, that's epa.gov, G-O-V, slash lead. Um, within that, uh, you're going to see something called Renovation, Repair, and Painting. You want to click on that, and that program um, outlines what's required for contractors, homeowners, realtors, and property managers. They all have different requirements as well. Okay. Well, thank you, Martin. Uh, that's about all we have time for today. I want to thank Martin Bonner with Serta Pro Painters of Central Bucks County for joining me and discussing this important topic for homeowners and community associations that may have upcoming renovation or remodeling projects. You can reach Martin at mbonner, B-A-H-N-E-R, at certapro.com. And for more resources on this and other topics regarding the management or governance of your condominium cooperative or homeowners association, please contact CAI or visit our website at www.cai-padelval.org. Thank you for listening.